Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hey there, welcome to the show. I'm Jeremy Shear. The program is brought to you by Conversa, a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of content in just 60 minutes. So it stands to reason that the most effective content is content that's informed by data and specifically data about what customers like and value about a company's products and services. The better you design a piece of content to speak to the specific needs and desired outcomes of the people that you're trying to to sell to, based on what you learn from your current customers, the better that content is likely to perform. So Ashley Litzenberger uh, is a product and solution marketing expert and founder of Ashley Litzenberger Consulting. Ashley, welcome to the show. Hi, it's great to be here. I'm really excited to talk you through, you know, a little bit about how you can build content that really speaks to the user experience and the needs and the jobs to be done of your customers and therefore, you know, the prospects that you're talking to as well. Okay, so let's start by just defining a couple of terms, product usage data and customer life cycle data. So what are we talking about there? Yeah. So for product usage data, it's really getting in and working with your product team to understand how often are users coming into your product? How long are they staying there? When they're in your product, where are they going? What actions are they taking? You know, what are the most frequent actions? What are the places that they go to if you have a product-led growth approach where you see someone transition from a free account to like a premium account? Like what are those moments? What are those places where you see engagement, really high moments of engagement, moments of engagement where you have folks going into your help center and asking questions, or just generally tracking like who's in your your product and when they're in there, just what are they doing? Where are they going? Where are they finding value? Okay. And so why are these data so useful when it comes to content creation? I mean, I can kind of assume a little bit, but I don't, I don't want to assume. I want to hear from you. Yeah. Well, I think when you combine that information with customer lifecycle data, then it becomes really powerful. So the other piece of data we're talking about is, you know, what is the actual life timeline of your customers? When they purchase your product, where are they coming in? What features or what functionality do they start with? Then what do they actually start using when they start to renew and they expand their contract with you or they move from a freemium to a tiered pricing or the next tiered pricing? What is the timing for that? What does that look like? Who are those individuals? Like, are they the same job persona? Are they a different job persona? And then what can be really valuable, I think, is going in and taking a look at who are your super users of your product. So who are the ones going in and using it the most often? And if you're a B2B SaaS company, go in and find out who is a repurchaser of your product, who's come in, bought your product at one company, changed companies, bought your product again. And what does their life cycle look like with you? Like what products are they first purchasing? But also what is their usage data looking like? So you actually want to be able to go in and see if you can start mapping out or creating some connections there. Um, And what you'll start to create is a user journey. Um, And this can be really helpful to also run customer interviews and customer phone calls for those super users or for those folks with the highest ENPS scores. But sometimes, you know, you only have so much time and data is a great place to begin. But you can start to create a user journey that looks at, you know, for these super users, for those repeat customers, for the ones with the really high ENPS scores, what actions are they taking in your product? What is the like cadence at which they start using different features and functionality in your product? So do all of your high ENPS 
renewal, high renewal customers start with your payments product and then later on start realizing that they can move over to something that you can use for tax reporting, you know, later on in the year. If that's the case and you're like a financial B2B SaaS company, you don't want to start all of your positioning and messaging and content talking about your tax reporting files. You want to start with the problem that your customer is starting with. And the reason that I'm this is coming up is because Stripe, which is a payments company, is a really good example of this. They have a huge number of products that they sell. But when you go to their website, the thing that they actually talk about is that they do automated payments internationally from everywhere. And they don't talk about a whole section of their features and functionality that you know, customers find value in, but that's not what actually gets them through the door. And so they've started to stagger mm. their positioning and messaging and the things that they're promoting to their customers. And you can do the same thing because the reason that this is really important is that you can't message to a customer everything about your product all at once. You can't sell them the entire buffet. It's going to be a little bit overwhelming, but you can go through and talk to them and say like, hey, We've noticed that for marketers or salespeople or, you know, RevOps individuals who use our product, they find this feature or this functionality or this feature set to be the most valuable. So that's what we're going to message about now. And then once they become customers, you can start looking at, oh, okay, where do those different individuals or where do those contracts expand? And then you start running customer marketing content focused on those values and those challenges and those jobs to be done. And so what it gives you is it gives you a timeline and a narrative where you can create a long-term story where you're constantly putting the right features, the right challenges, the right information into your prospects and your customers' hands at the right time. So you're not turning into a boring, repetitive marketing machine. You're actually serving up new insights to them. And so you're able to stage your content in a very, um, in a way that's really aligned with your user experience. Yeah. You mentioned just now customers and prospects. And mm -hmm. so the kind of data that we're talking about is coming from customers, right? So people who are, mm -hmm. are using or have used your product, right? To what extent does that map onto like the needs and kind of motiv motivators for prospects? Because I imagine it's got to be at least somewhat similar, but it's not exactly the same either, right? Yeah, it is a little bit different. <clears throat> and I think I think there's a lot of value to be said in looking at your customer experience and using that to inform what you're sharing with your prospects. And that's because when prospects come in, they could be looking at any number of things and you could be marketing any number of uh, value propositions or features and functionality or specific points of your platform. And you could be bringing a lot of customers in at very high rates. But if those customers end up churning after their first year, because you've actually engage them around a problem that isn't as like immediate for them or isn't as direct or isn't as sticky, then you'll see really high churn rates. And that ultimately is not going to help your business grow. And so one of the best ways that you can really narrow down what you send to your prospects and help identify, first of all, more high intent prospects who have an urgent need, a clear um, course of action, and also prospects who are more likely to renew and have a longer overall customer value um, with your company is by looking at your customer data and saying, hey, if the customers who renew with us are the ones who come in on feature A, then we really want to start talking about the problems and the challenges around feature A. And then if we find out that at year two or year three, they start bringing in, you know, the things that solve, you know, features B, features C, features D, then we start messaging those throughout the customer lifecycle. But we don't 
bring in that conversation at the beginning because you risk actually creating an, a suboptimal user experience. And so a really good example for this is, you know, I used to work at a people management software company. And so they do things like performance reviews, OKRs, and engagement surveys and things like that. And one of the things that we found was that you could sell any one of those solutions to a prospect. But the prospects that, you know, converted into customers who really renewed with us were the ones who started in performance management because that was something that they did every year and they found value very quickly in our product for. And then when it came time for renewal, they were more open to then expanding into some of the other products. Whereas for the other products, there just wasn't that same mandatory adoption for everybody. Like goals and OKRs is a little bit harder to roll out because not every employee is necessarily like required to go in and track OKRs and they're more likely to collect dust. But if you already have someone active in your product, you're likely to see more usage as well. And so that's one of the reasons that you can start to say, you know, prospects, you could bring in prospects for any number of reason, any number of reasons, but you want to bring in prospects for the right for the right pain point, for the right challenge, for the right job to be done, where you know that you deliver a really tight delivery of value in a short time frame within that renewal time frame so that you get the renewal and then you have the door open for expansion. Okay, that's interesting. All right, because any prospect might have kind of a range of pain points, but they're not all mm -hmm. equal, not all of equal mm -hmm. urgency, you might say. Yeah, and, and yeah. You're, or and you it, might. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, or you might like, you know, have just launched a new analytics feature or functionality. And so you try and sell that. But what you actually need for your analytics to work is a deep history of actions that happen in your platform. And so you might actually find that you're trying to sell someone on a feature that needs to happen later on in your product, in your customer journey, because they need to actually build data in your platform before they can really benefit from the analytics in your platform. And so that can be a really interesting thing where like, you know, often yeah. companies, when they launch something new, they want it to be the thing that they lead with. But thinking about how they're actually, how customers actually use and benefit from it might actually change your launch plan and change the content that you make. And so instead of creating mm -hmm. a lot of tofu content around your new analytics offering, you might actually really run a current customer awareness marketing play. And so you might keep your LinkedIn and your social ads and your search terms you know, with whatever it is that's bringing your customers in, but then you pivot when you start doing your customer webinars, your customer emails, your QBRs to really start pushing that feature because that aligns with where someone's going to get value of your product. Mm, okay. On just a really practical level, where does this data come from? Like if you're a marketer, mm. how, how do you get access to all this good stuff? You know, that's a great question. And it is a little bit tricky um, because it depends. You are dependent on a couple of other teams. So your product team is going to be the one who really has the software stack that's telling them where people are using and engaging with your product. So you'll work with your product manager. You could work with your products analytics team or your user research team. All of them, to some degree, are looking at uh, activity within the platform and they're trying to figure out where folks are going, what's optimal where there's the most focus or an energy um, going into your platform. And so that's who you would talk to to get some of that information. And it's very likely that as you're getting that information, you're going to need to work with your product marketer to contextualize it so that you understand what is the actual measurement being used here? What does that mean? Is this number relatively high? What is standard? What is really low? Um, and so you'll probably actually need to not just get the data from your product team, but work in conjunction with your product managers or your data analysts to really understand 
what does this data mean? What does it signify to you? And then what you can bring as a marketer is you can start asking questions because often you can just point out something that looks a little bit unusual on screen and ask about it, and you might raise something new for them to discover. Customer data, on the other hand, that's something that comes from your revenue team or your customer experience team. And they're already tracking a lot of this information because there's often quarterly business reviews or reports out to your boards or to shareholders. And they have to report things like net retention, net expansion, customer renewals, customer churn. And so that will start to paint a picture about where things are. But you'll probably want to go a little bit deeper, work in Salesforce or whatever your you know software solution that does that is. Um, and start running a report that indicates, you know, in renewals, what is just like a list of the products that were purchased. And then you can, you know, run a, do a quick pivot table and create a pie chart or just do a graph that shows you what's getting purchased, you know, in your first year of renewal and your second year of renewal and so on to get, get a sense of what that looks like. And then you'd probably have to work a little bit more closely with your customer team um, or your RevOps team to start to identify those super users who have the accounts with like the highest ENPS scores and the individuals on those for interviews or to identify those individuals who are repeat customers. Um, but the good news is that information is very likely already in your systems somewhere. And then it's just working either with your sales ops team or your customer success team um, to pull that information. And they're often really excited to have a thought partner to talk about it, especially if you're coming in from a marketing standpoint, you go to customer success and you're saying, we want to build a better customer marketing journey to make it easier for you to renew and expand customers on our contracts. But we need your help to figure out what those customer journeys look like. They're going to be really, they're going to love that support and that additional, you know, just, yeah, they're going to love that additional support. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just the fact that marketing is, wants to get that data and actually create content that, that maps onto it. I think yeah. if you're in, yeah, if you're in sales, you'd be pretty excited about that. Yeah. And it's one of those things that in, you know, in different economic climates, you know, companies are looking for different things in periods where the economy is doing well and companies are in high growth. The focus is often on new customer acquisition. And so bringing in net new business dollars. And that's where the focus is really on the sales cycle and on the top of funnel content information. But in especially in today's tech environment, where you aren't seeing that same growth, you're actually seeing contraction and consolidation of tech stacks and offerings. Customer lifecycle, it becomes a much more important metric to be tracking because it costs mm. so much to bring in new customers. What you really want to be doing is retaining your existing customer base. And so if you are a marketer and you're trying to figure out where can I be really pivoting to put the moat to provide the most value for my company right now, it might be really investing in customer marketing to defend, to prevent churn, to protect your renewals, and to even pursue contract expansions. Um, because you already have a warm audience. You have someone who's already invested in your platform. The cost of ripping and replacing or taking a, a software out is really difficult. So if you can demonstrate ROI and you can build that rapport, you're going to actually impact your overall business revenue at a really high rate. And so sometimes it's a really overlooked part of your overall marketing strategy. And it's a place where I think additional investment can have outsized wins. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing I'm taking away from, from what you're saying is if you're a marketer, in order to kind of make this work, you really have to do some legwork beforehand to have relationships with all the different groups in your company mm -hmm. that you're good. That is, that is, you just explained, you're going to need to rely on 
pretty heavily to not just get the data, but sort of understand what it means. Yeah, yeah, it is. And marketing is a very cross-functional world. So, you know, in your customer, in any of your marketing initiatives, if you're running webinars or if you're doing case studies or you're doing articles, you often want to bring in the voice of your existing customers as social proof. And so you should already be working really closely with your customer experience and customer success teams and have some of those relationships already built, um, or at least a pathway to build upon that relationship based on previous work you've done together. Um, and the same thing is true on product. If you have a product marketing team, um, that's a great place to start. Otherwise, go to your CMO or your head of marketing, because they are working really closely with the product team to identify what are the new feature launches, what are the new releases that we really want to prioritize and bring to the market. And if you can prioritize those things that you're bringing to the market based on what's going to solve an immediate, urgent need and deliver very quick value to your customers, those are the things that you want to put into your top of funnel content for prospects. Yeah. What have you seen in, ter in terms of obstacles, things that get in the way of marketers being able to engage in this process? You know, I think the biggest challenge is time. Marketing teams are often you know, smaller relative to the rest of the company. And it's very rare that you hear founders say that they want to invest in marketing the same way that they invest in product. So one of the things that startups are saying right now is like, now is not the time to be investing in a large sales team or a large marketing team, but we want to be investing in our product and really growing it during, you know, this little recession so that we're in a really, we're in a place of strength when the economy turns. And so you see incredible investments in product. Um, but it's harder to do the same thing for marketing. And so every every member of a marketing team is stretched pretty thin. And so finding the time to run these analyses can be pretty difficult. But if you can work with your manager and you can start taking a look at the overall number of campaigns and the volume of things that you're doing, if you're doing a very high volume of work and you're not seeing really great returns on pipeline, the answer is not launch a new campaign on top of everything you're already doing, it's actually take a step back and figure out what's working and what isn't and maybe come up with a new strategy based on where customers are already finding value in your product and using that to build out how you're going to approach marketing, especially going into 2024. You have some time to do some planning right now. You have a little bit of an opportunity to go in and to talk about that. Um, and so that can be a really great way of going in and saying, hey, we've been running all of the same campaigns we aren't seeing the lift that we're looking for. We're not making the pipeline numbers that we want. I think we need to go into some new data to really understand where individuals are really finding value in our product and using their voices and using their experiences to really direct what messages, what themes, what challenges, what jobs to be done. We want to be promoting in fewer campaigns that we hope will be having more impact. That makes a lot of sense. Well, there, there's so much more we, we could talk about, some layers to explore here, but we'll save that for another discussion. So for right now, what's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to, if, you know, if listeners have more questions or they, they want to kind of pick your brain, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, I think the best way to get in touch right now is LinkedIn. I'm Ashley Litzenberger. You can find me, you know, connect with me, send me a message. Um, you can also email me at ashleylitz at gmail.com and I'll be reaching out and I check that regularly. But those are probably the two best ways to reach out to me right now. Okay, excellent. Well, Ashley, thank you so much. This is so interesting, like a real education in, 20, in about 20 minutes. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. I think this podcast is just really amazing. I love listening to it. And so I'm just really, I'm happy to get to be on it and share some thoughts as well. 
Well, the, the, the pleasure is all mine. So thank you so much. Right. Thank you, Jeremy. That'll do it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can find the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. And as long as you're there, you might as well give us five stars and leave a comment about how much you love the show. The podcast is brought to you by Conversa. We are a digital content agency that helps you create a month's worth of really kick-ass content in just 60 minutes. Just 60 minutes. How is that possible? Well, check out our website to find out. That's Conversa with two N's, C-O-N-N-Versa.com. So thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate your support, and we'll see you next time.